Hey everyone, welcome to Get Your Life Back. Um, we're really excited about this series that we're starting. And and what's cool about teaching series is here at City Light, we, we just take a big idea and, and we break it into um, uh, bite-sized chunks for, for a month or six weeks so that we can really try to get to the bottom of this idea, be able to apply it. Um, and, you know, in different... different uh, times we answer different questions like you know sometimes we answer the big questions like uh why am i here or, or who is god and what is god like and and sometimes we answer questions um that actually are very practical about the how like how am i supposed to live my life how am i supposed to make decisions how am i supposed to um raise my kids and and we try to take um the, the teachings of jesus or, or things that the the bible shares and and, and make them apply to our Mondays and our Tuesdays and our Wednesdays and so that we can really see um, ourselves grow and change and not just stay the same. So hopefully, you know, as we all journey together and we uh, apply this, these teachings to our lives, you know, we look back a year ago and we're a different person and we've changed, we've grown. So, so we're talking about how we can really get our lives back. And, and when I'm talking about our lives, I'm talking about... Jesus said that he came to give us the fullness of life. And, and we're talking about how when we start you know, making decisions and making certain things priorities and, 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 and choosing um, a certain path, then things can really open up for us. You know, a lot of people are exhausted. A lot of people are overwhelmed. A lot of people feel stretched thin. Um, you know, and in today's hyper-fast society, it's hard to feel like we even know what's going on in our lives, and let alone um, it feels like we're reacting to the most most of the things that are happening. And so we're trying to do some very practical things to help us get our lives back, so that it opens up time for our relationship with God, our relationship with our family, our spouse, help us become more productive. And so, so today we're going to start with distraction and how it's destroying our lives. And I, I know that sounds dramatic, but guess what? It's true. Distraction, it's, it's almost like the, the story of the frog um, and the, the cooking pot. And, you know, if a frog jumped into a boiling pot of water, he would jump right out because he knows that's danger. It's going to destroy him. But if a frog is sitting in, in water that's, you know, lukewarm and then you put the burner on ever so slightly, Slowly but surely, the water gets hotter and hotter, and the frog doesn't realize it, and he will die. And so that's kind of what distraction is. We don't really realize the problem that it is, but it's something that actually is tearing at um, you know our lives continually. It's a subtle way that's creeped in, and, and it's like that frog. Like maybe we accept it a little bit, but it's getting worse and worse. And 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 we don't really know how to say no to distraction. We don't know how to escape from it. And so today we're going to talk about the dangers of it, how it's destroying us, and hopefully um, some steps that we can take to get get free of that. Um, I think it's really safe to say that. Our society deals with more distractions than any previous society in history, right? I mean, right now, most of us feel like we're constantly being pulled in so many different directions. And, and that's technology, that's uh, demands in the life, that's, that's being constantly available all the time to respond to people. And when you think about Jesus and you look and you read and study his life, 
you know, a lot of things stand out, like his love and his mercy and his compassion, amazing things. And, and thank goodness for those things. But sometimes you miss or you undervalue how focused Jesus was and, his, and, and, and how on point he was for his mission while on earth. He was a man surrounded by distractions. People were constantly making demands of his time, constantly wanting him to do this and do that, and help this and help that and, and do that. People were trying to dissuade him from his mission that, that he knew. And see, but Jesus knew his mission. He knew what he was all about. And so he was on that mission. And so even when people distracted him, people tried to sway him, he was able to say no. He was able to choose what he wanted to do. He was proactive in his decisions, even with people trying to kill him. And, and I think that would be the most distracting thing if you just always thought people were trying to kill you and not just thought it, but if actually people were trying to kill you. And, and that would definitely be distracting. It'd be hard to be focused on anything else than somebody trying to kill you. So I think we can learn so much from Jesus about staying focused. I think we can learn from his teachings. And, and Jesus said something. It's kind of his, his mission statement of what he wanted to do for, for us. And he said, he's come to give us life in abundance, to live the fullest life. And he also said, the thief, the enemy, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And so let me ask you a question. Does distraction add to your life or steal from it? Right? Of course, it makes your life better. No, not at all. It's a thief. It's a subtle but powerful way to steal from us the moments, the opportunities, the relationships that we experience every day. You know, in fact, and this is kind of a hard pivot, but I think this is really interesting. Back in the Middle Ages, they came up with all sorts of terrible torture devices, ways to torture and cause incredible amounts of pain for people. And, and there was one particularly gruesome practice where they tied a man's limbs to four horses and then let the horses loose. And they just ran in different directions and they, they ripped this person. They literally pulled him apart. And it, you'll never guess, well, maybe you will, but the, the name the French called this torture is called distraction. So what a great picture of, of what distraction does to our lives. Do you, do you ever feel like you're tied up being pulled apart in so many different directions and, and, and your life is just stretched too far? And this is what distraction produces in us. It will make us feel um, overwhelmed. It will make us feel under-motivated. It will make us feel like we want to give up. And by the way, if you think, no, I'm great. I don't struggle with distraction. I would encourage you to... Talk to your spouse or a friend who knows you well and ask them what they think about your level of distractibility. Because let me tell you, we are always able to see how other people are distracted, but it's really hard for us to look at our own distraction. And, and I would guess, because it's the prevailing mindset of our culture, a mindset of distraction, that all of us deal with distraction at some level. And I think this topic is so helpful to getting our lives back because we live in an age where our attention spans and our focus are being murdered. We live in a time where it's hard for people to read books because it's too long. It's too much to focus on. It's hard for people to, to uh, listen for longer than 15 minutes. We live in a time where 
We are constantly being interrupted by notifications. We're being interrupted by uh, people wanting something from us, people asking us questions. And so we need to fight distraction. Do we have any idea what we have missed out this past month because our focus was being pulled in so many different directions? How many moments did we miss because we were too distracted to see them? And so at times we're not even distracted by by bad things, by unimportant things, sometimes we're being pulled into all different directions by good things and we don't know what to do or what to invest in or what to say. And so the question that we have to answer for ourselves is how do we live in a life of focus and purpose in an age of distraction? And I think Jesus does a great job kind of asking us those questions through his teachings, through his stories he tells he kind of asks, what is, what is life all about? What are you doing with what you've been given, this time that you've been given? How are you investing it? Are you purposeful in investing this time? Are you strategic in investing this time? And so Jesus tells this story, and generally this story is interpreted as uh, for different people, but I feel like there's a, a, a different interpretation that we can look at that I think will really speak to this issue of distraction in our lives and this death by distraction that, that our culture or society is dealing with. And so um, I want you guys to look at Matthew 13. And Jesus is telling a story about a farmer because he was talking about, he was talking to farmers um, in his, his culture. And it's really helpful. So let's read it. Okay. So he said, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and they ate it up. Sun fell in rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as been planted. Now, traditionally, you look at the interpretation of this and, and people talk about how this is different people. Some people are, uh, you know, the bird comes and snatches away. Some people uh, deal with shallow soil, shallow roots, and some people uh, deal with this, these weeds that choke out the life. And some people respond to the word of God and they, um, it goes down deep and they um, produce a harvest. And, and so we looked, you know, some people feel that those are all different things, but I want to address what I think is also possible is that it's one person and it's the state of our heart, the condition of our heart. And so um, maybe uh, when you wake up, you have good soil, but by noon, you're like, you know, rocky and you're not able to receive. And maybe by three o'clock, you know, you're shallow roots and you're being withered. And, and so let's talk about how you know, each of these things deals with distraction and it actually keeps us back from, from experiencing the fullness of God in our lives, the fullness of life that he has for us. You know, the, the beauty of relationships, the beauty of community, the beauty of growth. And so let's start with the first condition and that is snatched. And Jesus talked about this and he said, the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. And then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. Snatched. Have you ever had something snatched out of your life by destruction? 
comes in and it snatches it away. You know, I've, I'm getting older and I'm realizing how easy it is for my thoughts to be snatched. I might be thinking and on a great thought path and then all of a sudden I get distracted by something else and for the life of me, I can't remember what I was thinking about. I literally can't. It just, it was snatched away. You have a great idea and then you completely forget what you're even thinking about. And see, that's just the beginning. That's the tip of the iceberg. There are so many times that something gets snatched from us. See, the thing is, seed was scattered. See, there's opportunities scattered. You don't know what the seed represents, but you know it represents something good. And you have to wait and have patience to see that seed grow. But before it can grow, the bird comes along and he snatches it away. All this week, there were chances for you to help someone, bless someone, encourage someone, notice someone. There's a chance for you to grow in your character. There's a chance for you to exercise patience. There's a chance for you uh, to really make a difference. There's a chance for you to have a conversation with your kid that has some depth to it. There's a chance for you to love your, your spouse uh, in, in, a, in a good way. But before you could do it, here comes the birds, and it was snatched away. You know, and I think Jesus was really modern when he was talking about these birds snatching away because we deal with this all the time, these birds of the air. And see, what you see here is a Twitter logo, and it's interesting that the logo is a little bird. And see, we are allowing things like technology, our phones, social media, to come along and snatch the moments of our lives that matter. And we're actually swapping them with things that will ultimately be insignificant. We are missing out on the conversations, the moments of significance, because our attention is to the insignificant. We're so distracted by the insignificant. We're so distracted by the notifications that we get on our phones. Now look at this picture here, right? What? There's something wrong with this. Here's a whole group of people who are walking with their heads down, looking at their phones, walled off to the rest of the world. They're not taking in. They're on a field trip here. They're not taking in what's going on around them. They're not interacting with each other. They are all in their own little words, worlds, distracted by this thing. There is something wrong with this. I was at a soccer game the other, other week, and, and I was standing with um, my friends, and they were parents of a, a girl um, on the team, and um, my daughter was playing too, and their girl who plays defense hardly ever scores, but she scored in this game. And I was so pumped and thrilled that she scored because she hardly ever scores because she plays defense. And I was jumping around. The dad was jumping around. Then we looked over to the, to the mom, and she was on her phone. She looked up and said, what? We said, she scored. She said, what? Uh, oh, well, I was, you know, she started making excuses for why she missed it, but she was on her phone texting someone. She missed this. This moment, you can't get back. She missed it. It was snatched. It was snatched. So look, let's look at these things that, that snatch away our attention, our focus, that snatch away the seed that God's given to us, the opportunity that God's given to us. First of all, it's technology. We are more efficiently distracted than ever before. There are people out there who are smarter than you and I, who are working full time to figure out ways to distract you to get them to get you to focus on what they want you to focus on. We are, have access to all the information there. We have access to some of the most incredible content. There is new content being made all the time. 
with the sole purpose to distract you and I. And so we are living in a really tough time that we have to really think about our relationship to technology. Is technology owning us? Are we owning technology? Is, are we working for technology or, or is technology working for us? And let's start with the phone because the phone is definitely something that every one of us is so attached to. And guys, I am just going to say it right here, but I'm addicted to this thing. I'm addicted to my phone. You know how I know? Because I want it with me all the time. When I go anywhere, I need to make sure my phone is with me. I realize that I am in a place where like, it's constantly there on my mind. And uh, I, I read a really sobering um, statistic um, by this guy named Tony Reiki, and He wrote a really important book that I recommend to you. It's 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. And it says that the average person checks their phone 81,500 times each year or once every 4.3 minutes of our waking lives. Guys, that's a lot of distraction. This means that most of you will check your phone during this talk at least eight times. And you know what? I think this number is only growing. I think it's just getting bigger. You know, so many of us struggle with this. And, and how do I know that I'm addicted to it? Because as I've thought about this and as I've read about it, I've tried to take some measures to, to break me free from this addiction. And so I've gotten rid of apps that I know that I'm addicted to, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And so those things are off my phone right now. But I am still automatically reaching into my pocket, pulling out my phone, and checking it when there's downtime, when I want to take a break. I mean, really every four or five minutes, I'm checking it. I go on my phone and I'm like, there's nothing to check. Yeah, I still want to check it. And so I'm like, oh, what can I do? Oh, I guess I could check my email. So I check my email and it's like, oh, great. A- another gap ad. You know, who cares? But, but there's this compulsion within me to check my phone even when there's nothing to check. You know why? Because I'm addicted and I need to get free. Look at this picture. Who is winning in this picture? Isn't this amazing? Everybody has their phones out. And this is a a red carpet experience with Johnny Depp. Everybody's freaking out with their phones, trying to take pictures. And there in the middle is a sweet little lady who's just taking it in. You know, we are in a time period where we feel like everything has to be recorded. Everything has to be taken pictures of. When, you know what, maybe there's some things that we need to just capture in our hearts. We don't need to post it. We don't need to share everything. We don't need to make a big deal about everything. Maybe there's some things that are just meant to be memories that are meant to just, you know, but I think a lot of us feel like if I didn't take a picture of it, did it really happen? (sighs) So the other thing that can really distract us, that can come and snatch away our time, snatch away our attention, snatch away our relationships, the depths of our relationships, snatch away um, some of the things, opportunities that God has for us. Netflix, these streaming shows. You know, back in my day when I watched TV, uh, there, if, I had, if I had a show I liked, I would watch it one night a week and then I'd have to wait a whole week before that show came on again. And then there were huge breaks of that show called The Summer where they wouldn't even show. And so I couldn't sit down. If I found a show that I liked, there was no, no such thing as binge watching. And I'm so thankful that I didn't do this because 
honestly, if I had the opportunity, like my childhood was filled with me um, being bored. So I go outside and I explore or I go outside and I build forts or I go outside and I play basketball with my brother or I play board games inside. It's filled with me experiencing new things, me being creative. And, And if I had the opportunity to be on my phone all the time and watch TV all the time, I don't know if I would have been able to say no to that. It's such a distracting thing. Life is short. Instagram, tweets, social media are always there, blathering on. They are always there. They are always there. That's why they can wait. That stuff's always happening. But this moment in front of you, that person there with you, you only have that moment, that one shot at it. John Piper wrote a great little article that asks why we are so drawn to technology and why we we turn to it so often. And so he talks about it in the form of candy because obviously candy in moderation is great. Candy all the time, not so good. It's unhealthy. It will cause problems. Okay, and he's talking about how the phone, uh, if it's not properly balanced in our lives, it's going to cause problems with us. And so the first one he says here is novelty candy. We have FOMO. We have fear of missing out. We're afraid that our friends are going to know something that we don't know or go somewhere that we don't go. And we want to know if there's good things happening or that we can be part of. And actually, sociologists have classified a condition where you experience a legitimate anxiety of being too separated from your phone. It's called nomophobia. You have anxiety to be separated. It's actually a a, a disorder now. Isn't that crazy? But have you ever felt that way when you've been away from your phone for a little while and you begin to freak out? Like, what's, what's happening in the world? What am I doing? You know, 20 years ago, we didn't have this burden around us. Okay, next. Ego candy. We want to know what people are saying about us. So we get on social media looking for likes and positive comments. And this is the thing is every time we get a like, there's something in our brain, a little hormone called dopamine, and it gets fired off. And actually every like or positive comment actually gives us a short little high and it makes us feel good. And so we actually, you can get addicted to the likes. likes. You can get addicted to uh, your presence on social media and people um, responding to you. And it's built in this, these short little things that keeps you wanting to come back. Next, entertainment candy. We want the feed. We're, you know, we get just lost in the crazy things that we can find on the internet, crazy things that, can, that are happening, the weird things, the shocking things. Have you ever like found a, a headline you know, through social media and you click on it and you end up reading all about this weird thing and you're like, I can't believe I just spent 15 minutes reading about this, but you did. You know, you're curious about what that celebrity who, you know, when you were growing up a teenager was beautiful, what they look like now. And so you got to go through the pictures and see what they look like. What about boredom? You know, a lot of us go to our phones when we begin to feel a slight little bit of boredom and we want to just put off other things and we want to, you know, not feel boredom because you know what? Boredom makes it feel like, well, what am I doing with my life? Boredom actually is a really great catalyst for a creativity and doing new things if you allow boredom some time. So then there's responsibility avoidance. We want to just, you know, escape through these, uh, you know, social media, through these things. And then lastly, it's hardship avoidance. We don't want to deal with the real issues in our lives, so we just go to our phones. Technology keeps us distracted forever. 
Ecclesiastes 9.10, which is a book in the Bible written by King Solomon, who was considered the wisest person on earth. So maybe what he writes, maybe what he says is something we should take notice of. But he says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Jim Elliot puts it this way, wherever you are, be all there. So when you are working, be all there. With your friends, be all there. With your family, be all there. When you're spending time with God, be all there. Like we have to just decide I'm not going to let these distractions hold me back. See, if we're not all there in the moment, these significant moments, they're going to be snatched away. They're going to be snatched away. Okay, so that's the the bird snatching away the seed. Let's talk about what happens to the seed when it's planted into the the shallow ground. And uh, let's read this. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't have, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. See, this is the thing. This seed looks good. And for a while, it looks like it's producing. It's full, it looks like it's full of life. But because the roots are so shallow, when the sun comes up, it wilts and then it dies. And this is speaking to all of us who are living life at such a busy, hurried pace that we can only live life at a superficial and shallow level. Maybe we want to be deeper and that's why we're trying to do everything, but we are living life so fast, so hurried. We can't, it's impossible to go deeper because if you want to go deeper, you need to have time and you need to have Margin, you need to have space, you need to have intentionality. See, the thing is, we are all busy, but we feel barren. We're busy, but we feel like we're not producing anything worthwhile. And the the problem is, so much of what we focus on um, can be stuff planted in shallow soil. You know, there's a lot of things that we're obsessed with, that we're investing time in and we're focused on that aren't deep rooted stuff. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's packing your schedule with kids' activities so much that you have no margin to spend as a family or then to do things like help the community or spend time with friends. Maybe it's TV. Maybe you are addicted to entertainment and you spend way too much time watching TV. Maybe it's video games, same thing. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's saying yes to everything, but that means you can't do any of it well. And so when you begin to, you know, you feel overwhelmed and you feel worn out because your roots aren't getting sustenance it needs. And so then you wither quickly, you fade away and you think, ah, oh, remember that thing I tried to start doing? You know, maybe remember when I decided I was going to take better care of my health and then, oh, geez, I t- totally forgot about that. Or, or maybe you're like, uh, you know, maybe, remember that thing that I was going to start doing as family, maybe we're going to start eating dinner together three times a week. Wow, totally. You know, because we're going at such a rapid pace that we're not fighting for our priorities. See, the thing is, root represents commitment, what we are anchored to, what we are all about. And if you don't know what you're committed to, what you're anchored to, or what your values are, then you're going to have shallow roots. Do you know what your priorities are? Do you know what your values are? Do you think about them regularly? Do you fight for them in your lives? Do you know what your family's values are? How you're going to live as a family? How you're going to say yes to things? And how you're going to say no to things? See, do you know that if you don't fight to accomplish your priorities, and I would say, 
These are God's priorities in your life. No one else will. Sometimes we are so controlled by the urgent, we never get to accomplish our priorities. And I bet you if I polled all of you, and I asked you your top priorities, it would go something like God, if you're, if you're a person of faith, then it would say maybe spouse, or family, or friends, or work. And all these things, these, this, these things are good, it's good soil to dig deep roots in. But are you really fighting and choosing to invest in those things? Are you choosing to dig your roots deep into those things? Or are you really spreading out so thin that you don't have anything, you're not investing in anything well? And maybe you wonder, my priority, priority is to be closer to my, to my spouse or, or to be closer to my kids or to, to be closer to my friends or to be closer to God. Why don't you do these things? Well, it's because they're shallow. The roots are shallow. I know one counselor who says distraction kills more relationships than just about anything else today. Distraction makes intimacy impossible because for someone to feel close to you, they have to believe that, first of all, you consider them a priority in life. Second of all, you have plenty of unrushed time available for them. Third, you're giving them undivided attention. Busyness and distraction make those three things impossible. I love this quote by John Warburg. He says, for most of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. No, it's that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. So we get scorched, we wither, we're exhausted, we die. We are dying by our distraction. All right, the last one that Jesus talks about is being choked. And he talks about the seed that fell among the thorns represent those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lore of wealth. So no fruit is produced. The worries of this life. And I've talked, and we've talked to the light a lot about worries. So I'm not going to go into depth about it because there's a lot of really great things that you can say. But I do want to say that Jesus didn't say it's the responsibilities of life. So you have a responsibility to work. You have a responsibility to, to do some obligations, do some things that, um, you know, you have a responsibility to your family, you have a responsibility to your wife. It's the worries of this life. It's the worries of this life that's choking you out. Some of us are not, we're not distracted by the things actually happening in our lives, but the things that might happen in our lives. And so we have distracted minds. We're so focused on the bad things that could happen or the decisions that our kids can make or, or what could happen in the next election that we begin to choke out the seed. We begin to choke out and miss out the opportunities, the time that you have right now before you. And you miss it. And so we have to decide, are we going to allow worry to dominate, distract us? And then also Jesus says, the lore of wealth. Is it bad to have money? No. Wealth is a gift from God. The Bible says, though, that the love of money is the root of all evil. The lore, the desire, the, the, the need for money, the need for stuff. We can get distracted by wealth, the things of this world. You know, for some of us, that means that we're working too much. And we're, we're thinking that we're doing it for our family or our future. When what is needed for you to be present with your kids, with your wife, 
with God, part of the distraction of things and wealth is that we always want more. And so it's choking out the significant things that God has put in your lives. It's choking you out. Worried, distracted. And oftentimes the things that we're worried about, most of those things don't even happen. And so we're spending so much bandwidth on worried, being worried about all this stuff. We're wasting, we're literally wasting time, hours on this. And so we see the life God has for us is, is, is represented in the seed that plants into the good soil. And it produces, it's productive, it, it multiplies, it's, it's harvested. And that's what we all want. That's what God wants. That's why we need to get our lives back. And that's why it starts with distraction. So how can we be people of focus? How can we be people who, who are able to know what we're all about? People who don't allow the seed to be snatched or scorched or choked. And so I'm just going to close with a few really super practical things. And hopefully um, this will help you. This will encourage you. And so these are some things that I've been trying to do in my life. Um, and, and maybe we can all try to do it together. And so the, the first thing is try to take the first 10 minutes per day to be phoneless that you're awake or, you know, mostly awake. Maybe you need to make coffee first or whatever. But the first time in the moment, in the morning, you know, if you're somebody who is a person of faith, spend time with Jesus in the morning. If you're someone who's searching, you know, do some things that are going to be good for your spirit, that are going to be cleansing for your mind. Uh, don't look at your phone until after you have spent that time with Jesus. Don't allow um, those distractions. Henry Ward Beecher once said, the first hour is the rudder of the day. A lot of times how you are able to establish that first, those first moments really help direct the rest of the day. The, the next thing is throughout the day, keep your phone in your pocket and check it only at set intervals. See, there's this really cool thing about your phone. You can turn off all notifications. You don't need to get any kind of notifications from ESPN, notifications from Facebook, notifications from Twitter, notifications from Instagram. You can turn all those things off. Actually, there's something called screen time on your phone now where you can actually set time limitations for how much you're on it. And so I would say decide your level of addiction to your phone and then act accordingly. But see, the thing is you have to, for every addiction, you can't just get rid of it. You have to replace it with something. So think about ways that you can replace your addiction to your phone with other more healthy, balanced alternatives. And the last one is review your priorities often. Remember, only you can fight for your priorities. No one else will. So what roles do you need to fulfill to be fruitful? What tasks do you really need to accomplish to be successful? Are you developing the gifts God's given to you? Are you making the most of what you have? Are you, are you growing in skills? Are you learning a new hobby? Are you reading new books? Are you encountering new experiences? These are all really good things for us. They help us focus. Do this in community. Talk to your friends about it. Talk to your spouse about it. Talk to your small group about it. Talk about how you're working on fighting for priorities, for how you're trying to grow them. And so these are the things. You know, I really believe that distraction is one of the greatest threats to our society, to humanity today, especially with the 
with the advancement of technology, especially with the phones, especially with this, everything pushes us to become observers and, and kind of live through other people's experiences. And God wants you to experience your life. He wants you to get your life back. And so um, can we pray together? Let's stand up. Jesus, thank you so much for uh, this teaching series, for how all of us can learn um, to get our lives back. And I, I, we, we pray, Lord, that we will not be people who are easily distracted, people who are easily um, distracted from the mission that you have for us, for, from the, the, the significant moments that are in front of us that are going to be up this, this week. God, I pray that you would help us learn to break free from addiction to technology, to our phones, to TV, to social media, to entertainment. God, help us become balanced, healthy people. We pray that we could live the fullness of life, God, and that we wouldn't allow there to be death by distraction in our lives. So help set us free. Thank you, God, for this day. In Jesus' name, amen.